Hello and welcome. The focus of season two, episode five, is company culture, employee engagement, and giving your people a voice. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. In this show, you're going to hear examples of companies getting it right when it comes to supporting their employees through the crisis. Get a researcher's take on the mechanisms and tech needed to measure employee engagement and the L&D efforts at the enterprise level. Listen as Russell Robinson, founder at Amplified Research and Consulting and senior training and engagement advisor with the federal government, explains the learning and development needs when building a culture where employees feel valued. I hope you enjoy this conversation I had with Russell. Russell, welcome to the podcast today. Bill, thanks for having me on. So the focus of this this conversation today is, is around culture and engagement and communication, okay? It's been a very, very difficult time for everyone uh, since, since Q1 of 2020, of course, and a lot of uh, a lot of people's mental health has suffered as as a result of what's happened. Um, talk to me a bit about the the fragility of the mental health of employees following the the attrition and the ongoing stress of the pandemic. Well, I think when the pandemic started, we were tracking uh, with my U.S. federal job. We knew that bandwidth was an issue, and if you took the commute out of our employees' lives, scores would go up. We we knew this when it happened. We had pulse surveys that prepared us for it. Um, now we're finding, as with other industries, people are zoomed out. <laughs> people miss connection. Uh, and not only that, they're stressed to not having barriers. Uh, on, a, on another level, because I think a lot of people focus on the pandemic, we had a lot of social unrest last year. And I know for me personally, um, I'm the employee engagement guy at my job and I am always on. I have an open door policy. I'm like Lucy from Charlie Brown. The doctor is in, but you know, a week after George Floyd, I was I had a level of exhaustion, honestly, I'd had before. When, when innocent black men and women had been killed, it was at the point where I did not want to go in. And, and I talked to some of my black male friends and they shared the same feelings. And uh, we just finished a podcast with some of our Asian employees about some of their experiences with racism. And they talked explicitly about that same exhaustion and how it impacted people at work. Uh, So I think that level of exhaustion, because I don't think a lot of people focus on it. And and I get it because I had a a colleague who said, you know, I was always raised, you never talk about race, religion, and politics in the workforce. And up until last year, I pretty much agreed with it. But now I think there those taboo factors that do impact people in the workforce and how they bring and present themselves, whether they can at work. So I think it's important for organizations to focus on, I have a heightened focus on wellness. 
so that they can continue to have a productive workforce. So your your researcher, I mean, you work you work with you work with the government, and you've got other things going on. As as a researcher, what what mechanisms and tech do you use to measure employee engagement and L and D efforts? Yeah. So anything that gets the voice of the employee works. Um, you know, you can. <laughs> You can pass out scraps of paper and have people fill stuff out anonymously, and and that could work. Um, I am a big fan of pulse surveys. Like I I like short pulse surveys that are real time. Uh, a lot of your climate surveys, they're really one. I, I get the need for quantitative data because it helps you crowdsource. You can quantify it, but the challenge with that, I have found is you can only answer the question you're asked and your issue may be actually something that has not been asked. Uh, pulse surveys, you get a little bit more flexibility. Um, another challenge with climate surveys is they will tell you, well, here's, here's how the employees or the industry felt seven months ago. And if you looked at what we've been through the past year plus, you know, we're changing month to month, you know, how people, if you're making decisions now based on how people felt May of 2020, you're going to miss the boat. Um, so I like the real-time aspect. I like the ability to, to crowdsource. I like mixed method things where there are some, there is some form of open-ended qualitative uh, question as, as part of what it, what happens, but anything uh, focus groups are good. Uh, we talked off. Uh, we talked on the pre-call about Sean Dyche at Burnley, and he talked about when he started at Burnley FC uh, in the Premier League. He sent out. He had the players answer one question, and he said, "Listen, um, if you want to give me the answer that you think I want to hear, you're wasting our time. If you if you want to be an ass." You're wasting time. This is your opportunity to provide input and have change on what we do. You know, there's nothing fancy or techy about it, but he got the information he wanted. The last thing I would say is, you know, the tech, the tool, the questions, that's 25%. The other 75% is sharing the data and taking actions, taking actions on what you're going to do, but also explaining what was asked for that you're not going to do. And I think, I think I, there's a challenge right now because people think everybody's over-surveyed. And, you know, I don't think they're over-surveyed. I think they're under action. Um, if you, I've had people want to wordsmith questions and at some point, it's like, well, what's your after action plan? Are you going to share the data? Oh, well, it, it, we need to see what the report says. Then, well, then the questions, you're going to lose people. <laughs> the questions don't matter. Like, it, it does not have to be the perfect question. But if people, if you bring it back to employee voice, if people know that their ideas, feedback, thoughts, concerns are asked for, and they have the opportunity to be heard and potentially acted on, and if they're not acted on, you know why, then that's all the money you need. Let's just flip it around for a minute. So we've spoken about uh, employee voice and uh, uh, folks who are watching this. If you want to learn 
more about uh, Russell's thoughts on the employee voice, you can also check out uh, an HR Chats episode that I did with him recently. There's my little plug for the HR Chat podcast. Yeah, that was good. Um, that was good. That was smooth. That was smooth. Thank yeah, you. You're, Thanks, you're so much. Thanks so much. Yeah. <laughs> not your first. Um, <laughs> Obviously, I'm not pod number one. <laughs> this is not my first rodeo. Um, <laughs> so, okay, that, so employee voice, got it. And uh, folk, folks can check out that episode too and learn more about it. Let's talk about employee silence. What are, yeah. the, what, are the, what, what are the implications of folk remaining silent? What are the implications for the organization as a whole, um, but also for that individual's career? Yeah, so from the organization, it, it's, it's huge. So if I'm the CEO and the role of CEO is to be strategic, build loyalty, but I'm not on the front lines. And if I've got a major customer who has an issue because we're doing something wrong and I've got an employee who is my brand in my face and he and he or she knows this, but they know I've created a culture where I can't hear bad news, then they're going to be silent about it. And then what ends up happening is that impacts customer service that could end up impacting productivity. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell the uh, New York Times bestselling author did work on airline crashes. And if you look at an airline crash, there are always four factors in play. Uh, one, bad weather. Two, uh, physical or mental exhaustion of the pilot. Three, there's always some instrument in the cockpit that isn't working. Not enough to cause the crash, but enough to add to the tension and anxiety. Number four, there is always somebody on the 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 pie, the captain's crew, who knows he or she is not making the best decision, and for whatever reason, either you can't bring them bad news. Uh, you know, if you're looking, this is where we're in the western part of the world. If it is a part of the world where you don't challenge authority and hierarchy, but someone knows the captain is making a bad decision and they're being silent about it, so the impact of that is death, unfortunately. Um, so I think people are not silent. People are silent for the following reasons. Uh, first and foremost, the leaders just don't care. They don't, they don't want to hear about voice. They just don't. Second, futility. If I articulate my voice, I'm, I'm going to be silent because in the past they've done nothing about it. That's where we talked about, are you sharing the results of the survey? Um, and third and fourth are retribution <laughs> and adverse impact on your career. You know, if you look at, uh, and, I, and I think it's interesting from a voice standpoint to look at how R and DNI and ODL have handled me too, in a sense, you know, so the LA Times had an article a few months ago where when CBS, the television company here in the States, when they had their Me Too moment, they brought in this uh, firm for independent investigation and asked these women to come speak. But looking at it, these women were then retaliated against and had Im adverse impact on their career. So that gets to, are you going to share or not? Um, there's a book out now called uh, Choosing Courage by Jim Duterte. 
and part Jim Jim Deterred is a professor, uh, renowned boy scholar, internationally known from the University of Virginia. But he shares examples of people that don't share ideas. And a lot of times it comes down to what's going to happen to my career if I share this, if I share this information. Thanks. That was a great question. I think we tend to focus on voice so much that silence kind of gets lost in the mix. I'm staying silent for a moment. But, okay. but here's one thing. <laughs> but let me add, but let me add something. But I think leaders have to understand like silence is powerful. So going back to the example I had where I'm the CEO and I got a frontline employee, but for this example, let's say it's you, you know, and you're wearing the Toronto Blue Jays hat. So our customers, Toronto Blue Jays, and they're upset with me and you're the frontline person, you know it. And I'm so far removed. There's a lot of power in, in that choice to, to speak up or be silent. Um, I think a lot of a lot of people think silence is uh, a, a a sign of weakness, kind of like vulnerability is a sign of weakness. But in actuality, there there's power in both of those concepts. Uh, I think voice and silence are discretionary acts by by people. And I think as a leader, I want to create, and it's precious. You know, I, I give the example, like let's say for your performance review. It's a one through five, five's outstanding and one's terrible. I tell my staff, I have all the control over what gets you to a three, because that's what you got to do to do your job. But I want more. I want that discretionary effort, that discretionary energy. The employee has control over that. So how am I creating a culture? How am I creating an environment where they feel valued? Uh, am I the best leader I can be to them? Have I created a strong culture? Those are all critical to whether you get that silence or you get that voice. So I could chat to you all day, sir, because I learn as we go. <laughs> however, however, um, we've got to wrap up. I've got two more questions for you. Um, the next one I'd like for you to try and tackle in 60 seconds or less, and it's okay. a recap. It's a bit of a recap question. It's, some, it's a question that we ask all of our guests on this particular podcast, okay? Um, so I do apologize if you've touched upon this elsewhere in the interview today, but it's kind of a general recap uh, question. And then we do clever things like it, like uh, with it, like turn it into white papers with other people's answers and things. Um, so the question is, as we look to wrap up, we like to ask our guests from a culture and people processes perspective, what does a high performing company mean to you? A high-performing company practices its espoused values. The values are the North Star. They hire, train, and promote on those values. In times of conflict, those values lead the company. And I think I'm leaving you like 30 seconds. That's it. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Um, and you know it's powerful when they can do it in like 30 seconds, listeners. Yeah. Um, hey, <laughs> before we wrap up then, one last question for you today, and that is how can our listeners and viewers learn more about you and all the awesome things you get up to, including TikTok? Yeah, yeah. So the main thing is, uh, you know, the only thing I'll leave you, www.amplifiedresearch.com. That's my, that's my fun house. Uh, you can find links to my LinkedIn, but if you go to Amplify Research, I got blogs, I got articles, uh, 
I think some speeches I do, but that's good. That's a good place to uh, find out more about me. Uh, you can also catch me on LinkedIn. And there are videos of you dancing on TikTok with your with your grandkids. Apparently, so. <laughs> man, it, you know it all goes out under my daughter's account. So where it's, I know it's out <laughs> there, uh, and it'll it'll come back and bite me one day. But yeah, <laughs> but it, it keeps the grandkids happy. <laughs> Hey, Russell, thank you so much for joining me on, on this particular episode today. This has been no, a pleasure. No problem, Bill. Go out and make up with Adidas. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks very much for watching and listening. Until next time. Thank Bye-bye. you, sir. This podcast is supported by Fidelo Inc., a consulting firm specializing in improving human performance. Through their products and services, Fidelo helps clients design, develop, and implement strategic, integrated human resource processes and systems. Learn more at fidelo.com. That's F-I-D-E-L-L-O.com.